Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. So you give your heart to the Lord and let God do the picking. Let God be the one to say, let me, I got this for you. And I, I'm telling you guys, I have seen God do this in people's lives. It's, it is a beautiful thing when people just say, I'm going to wait on God. And then you watch God, what he does for them. I've watched it. I've been a part of it several times. And it's rare, but it's awesome. And so I love you guys. And I'm encouraging you guys, you single people. And let God hook you up. I have enough faith to believe that your God is a good God. Are you single? And do you feel like it's all up to you to find your spouse? In today's message from Pastor Bill, he encourages you to wait upon the Lord. Don't seek to strive and stress yourself out by all that's out there today to meet people. Instead, Pastor Bill encourages you to trust in the Lord. Tell God the desires of your heart. Let Him show up for you in your life and allow Him to direct you. In the meantime, seek His face. Seek to grow closer and closer in your walk with Him and who He desires you to be. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. You've been bought. You belong to me. And and then we don't want to cheat the Lord, right? God, you purchased me with your blood. I belong to you. Um, what I need to do is seek you and walk with you. And it'll be God's prerogative to say, hey, I have this person for you. Really? <laughs> you know, he know you want it anyway. Um, I guarantee you guys, if, if, if singles would wait on God to put it together, there'd be a lot less disappointed people in marriage. Because as much as y'all single people want to undo your singleness, there are some people that are married that want to undo the marriage. Yes, I, unfortunately, we're going to read in just a minute. Paul said, did God call you while you're married? Don't seek to be loosed. Because there are people that are married that are like, I want, I want to redo. I want to get another one, you know. So he said, no, if I called you like this, you stay. I'm going to use you right there. So now look at verse 25. I'm sorry. I just wanted to emphasize in verse 24. He says, brethren, let each one remain with God. In the state in which he was called. I just I underline that phrase with God. Right. It's not just I'm remaining single. I'm remaining with God in whatever state I'm remaining with God in my marriage. I'm remaining with God in singleness, but I'm with God. So I'm not alone. Amen. Verse 25. Now, now we kind of move into uh, specifically the unmarried. He says in verse 25 now concerning virgins. I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. Uh, once again, Paul said this last week, and I explained when Paul says, I don't have a command from the Lord, but I'm giving judgment as one that's been called, you know, that's counted trustworthy. Paul is saying this, right? God hasn't, there, there, there's no writing on the gospels on this particular topic. It's not that what Paul is saying doesn't have authority. Um, he's saying that there's no previous commands on this. And so I'm, this is new what I'm giving you guys. But he got this from the Lord. So um, you don't want to, you know, people, some people read this and say, well, that's Paul just giving his opinion. No, it's an anointed opinion. Better than all your girlfriends, Dr. Phil and Oprah. So um, <laughs> you want to you want to perk up. So first thing in verse 25, it says now concerning virgins. It was the expectation and it still is that single people would be virgins. That single people are not having sex because sex was for married folk. Now, I understand that there are people that, you know, it's too late. What is one to do? You know, um, and I, I got a word for you. It's all right. It's all right. OK, 
So this is the thing. If um, you're already, I mean, let's say that's already been messed up and, you know, but you get saved. Now, now from this point, from the point at which God has called you and you became, you come to him. Uh, one of the beautiful things about the rece- receiving the gospel, God said, all things have become new. Old things are passed away. Or all things are new. In Christ, you are a new creation. He's not, God's not referencing your past. He's not referencing all those past errors and mistakes. God really does give us a fresh slate. We really do get to, in him, right? I, I was not a virgin when I got married or when I got saved. I didn't become a new virgin, but I was born again. And I repented of my, my former way of life. And, and, and so that's what we can do. We can repent of what we have done in the past. And say, God, I, I, I'm, I'm from this point. I surrender myself to you. Uh, from this point, I walk in purity sexually. Um, now, there's some here that actually they are virgins. They haven't. Uh, they have not virgin to someone that's never had sex. Uh, it'd be wonderful if you would maintain that for the glory of God. That's His will for you. Uh, that that would be set apart, saved for marriage. It's so foreign in our culture. Uh, we live in a culture that count, almost counsels against that. You got to you got to you got to test drive this and you got to see how this is and, and this, that and the other. And I'm just I'm a just I'm, I know that that's 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 the way of this world, but it's not the way of God. I've had the benefit, the blessing of, of marrying off a few couples that, um, that 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 I mean, first kiss, first everything. And I, I don't want to be coarse, but I do want to share in there. There's a blessed benefit in that. When you have two people that, I mean, this is all I've ever had. This is the best it's ever been. This is it, you know. There's, there's a lot less, you know, to compare with. There's a lot less in insecurity and all these other things. Um, they're sharing something very special, just them. Um, that's God said, that's how I would have it to be. Uh, once again, if you've already gone beyond that, um, you, you want to repent from where you are. God wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't have you to be condemned. Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the spirit and not after the flesh. And so I don't say these things to put down those like myself that have failed in their past, but I do say it to preserve those that haven't messed up. You know, if you're still walking here, man, please, by all, please continue to walk in that way. Be, be different than everything around you. Be the, be the rare wedding when you stand up there at your wedding day that this is, I've never done this before. Yeah, wear that white dress for real. And uh, and I and and I don't just say that, you know, for the young ladies, it's it's for the young men, too, because we live in a culture just like back here that would really require this of a woman and then not required of a man as though it's OK for a guy to sow oats. But she had to be pure. And that's not that's not God's heart. That God's will is that both way. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to raise my young man that man, you, you walk in purity and save yourself. You be worth something. You know, you, you be you be a pure man of God. There's power in purity and you don't want to give it up because you live in such an immoral, impure culture. And so you want to be really careful who you receive counsel from the television shows that you watch. And everybody got an opinion that disagrees with God's word. That's why we so desperately need to spend time in his word that our opinions on these things come from him, not from the world in which we live, because the world is wrong. The world is jacked up. The world, they'll take something from God. Marriage. And then just wreck it and then start telling you how to do it like they I mean, you don't they only have proof. They, their marriages are failing. I'm, I'll be looking at some of these counselors on TV. Their marriages ain't working. They got three divorces on their record. They give marital advice. Shut. No, be quiet. You need, to, you need to go to counseling, you know, you, but they, you know, they, they go right on giving counseling. They got a doctor behind their name and people listen to them like they know what they're talking about. 
and won't listen to the word of God. So we're going to listen to the word of God. Amen. Because don't nobody know better than Jesus and nobody loves us like the Lord. And he's the one that created us. And God knows if you, just, if, you, if you really believe that God is all the Bible says he is, who loves you like that? Nobody. Who has your best interest like he does? Nobody. So I want, I want him to tell me what to do because he loves me and he knows everything. So, so moving on, verse 26 to 27, he says, um, I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loose from a wife? Do not seek a wife. So a couple things here. Paul says um, in verse 26, I suppose that because of the present distress, and we talked about that last week, there were things going on in their culture. There was persecution that was arising against believers. And so he says, hey, because of what's going on right now, Paul was saying, my recommendation is that it's good for a man to remain as he is, you know, remain in whatever state you're in. Don't right now. And he's going to say as he goes on, the time is short. We're under persecution. It's a difficult time. He said, because of the present distress, I encourage you to stay as you are. And and we do want to take the whole counsel because he did say in the very beginning. Right now, he's recommending you stay as you are. But he also said last week, it's better to marry than to what? Burn. So if. It's like, well, I, you know, I know there's a present distress, but what I'm going through is way worse. He said, don't think it'd be better for you to get married. Better to marry than to burn. I, I want to give the whole picture. So so Paul is saying, hey, it's good for a man to remain as he is. He said, are you bound to a wife? Don't seek to get out. Don't don't be don't be looking for a way out. So those that are married, maybe you're in a marriage and it's not exactly what you would hope for. Uh, maybe you entered in wrong. Maybe you entered in to a marriage. Some people got saved and got married. They got saved after they got married. So they're unequally yoked in their marriage. He says, stay, stay put. Uh, maybe you got, you thought y'all were both saved and you got married and realized that I don't think they really saved, you know, <laughs> because they don't, they don't say, I mean, they, they lost the salvation after the marriage. You know, he says, don't, don't seek to get out. God wants to use you there in your marriage. And, um, and maybe you're married to a believer and it's just tough, difficult. Marriage is challenging. You got to work at it. If I can give a hint now, we're not really talking to the married people today, but the, no, the number one rule, you know, you want to help your marriage out. Just get good at dying to yourself. That, that helps. That, that's what that's what that's what it takes. You're going to you get good. at You get two people that get good at dying to themselves. They can have a great marriage. But you get two people that are in the flesh and make them one. And then it'd be one hot mess. And that's what some people have. They got they got a mess. So he said, but if you're in it, if you're in it, don't don't seek to get out of it. Um, you want to God wants to work from where you're at. Know this, that God would get much more glory from apprehending the hearts of people that are in a challenge marriage and winning their hearts to die to their flesh and forgive and be merciful and, and to see them grow into a better marriage. That would give God more glory than any alternative. Dissolving a marriage, divorcing a marriage, fighting, leaving. None of those things glorify God in any way. So he says, if, are you loose from a wife? Don't seek one. And I think the key is in the word seek. Uh, if you look up that word, it, this is the definition I got. A frantic searching to seek in order to find by, by meditating, reasoning, and inquiring. Um, the, the picture is someone that's just like a, and if, if you lost something that was really important, you're kind of frantically searching for it. You, you can't even stop to focus on anything else because you're looking for what you lost. You know, I think I, I had left my phone somewhere and, and I was like, well, wait, wait, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a frantic search. I'm, people are calling, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm phone, you know, and you're just going and looking. It's a frantic search. That's how some single people look. 
They're just, they're, they, they, they're everywhere. They're like, I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to go there. I'm, that website? That's a website. Oh, it's a Christian website. I'm going to go to the Christian website. Frantically searching, right? Seeking, looking, going after. God says, don't do that. Somebody might ask, then if I don't seek wife, right? Don't the Bible say he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord? Proverbs 18, 22. Why do you find a wife if you don't seek him out? And I got something for you. He said, don't be seeking, right? So what do you do? Do we have any examples in the world? What, what do you, if I'm not seeking it out, if, I'm, if you're single, but you don't want to be single, and it's like, well, then what, how do I, how does this work? What do I do? Got a couple of examples. One, and I went over some of this with the men on Monday night, but most of you guys weren't there. So, um, uh, <laughs> 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 all right. So in, <laughs> in Genesis, when, uh, when God created Adam, and I want you to just notice the, the progression with this man, because God hooked it up. God made the man, put him in the garden. God gave man a job. God told Adam, I want you to attend the garden and keep it. And I want you to name all the animals. So Adam had a calling from the Lord. He had a relationship with God. He had a clear, defined calling from the Lord, knew what he was to be doing. And in Genesis 2.18, after everything God made and said was good, the water was good, the sun and moon were good, all the things were good. He said in Genesis 2.18, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Notice that it wasn't Adam searching, right? Adam didn't, he didn't start looking around. And I I said this to the guys, at that point, all the other animals had a, a comparable partner. There was Mr. and Miss Elephant. Mr. and Miss Giraffe, Mr. and Miss, you know, uh, you know, whatever. And for Adam, there was there was a Mr., but there was no Miss. In uh, if if he had gone searching, best he could have come up with was orangutan. He could a monkey, you know. That's the best he could have came up with. So, <laughs> word to you, single people. That's some of y'all. That's the best you're gonna come up with. You go out to the club, Mr. Orangutan. So, so. He didn't go searching. God looked at him and said, it's not good that he be alone. I'll make him a helper comparable to him. And so God put him to sleep and went into his side and took from his rib. And God fashioned the woman and God woke Adam up. And there she was. God brought her to him. And now once once he saw her, he was like, oh, that's that's yeah, you're a woman. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He claimed her out right off top. That's I claim you. There, ain't no, there's, there was no other one anyway, you know. So <laughs> even have no competition. She was the flyest woman in the world. And so and Adam was the finest brother walking because there was the only one. So God brought them together. But I just want you to notice that in that original scenario, he didn't go seeking. God brought it to him. Now when God made it, made it, brought he had to, he went he went for it. I, I don't believe that we're to go searching, right? What was Adam doing when God said, I need to hook him up? I'm, I'm, man, pay attention to this. I believe this is what singles are supposed to be doing and what we're learning in this chapter. Adam was in a relationship with God. He was listening to the Lord and he was serving God in the way that God had called him to. And as he was serving, you know what God said? I will make him a helper. He needs help. He needs help doing what? He needs help doing what I called him to do. It's a lot of animals to name. It's a lot of garden to tend. He needs help. Some of y'all are so busy looking for a mate, not focusing your relationship with the Lord, not walking in your calling. God's like, you don't need help. You need to come to me first. You know, there's you know, there's you're not even if God brought you a woman, she couldn't even be your helpmate because you're not even walking in your divine purpose. You don't know what it is. There's some grown men that really haven't taken the time to sit with Jesus and seek the Lord and hear his heart to know 
what I'm called to be, what I'm called to do. And so if God brought you a woman, um, you know, she would just be there. You know, as people, you know, what, what, how does she come alongside you? What does she help you do? What's, what's your purpose? What do we do tomorrow? When Eve got there, when it was day two, you know, they had their first little day, rendezvous, honeymoon, whatever they did, you know, when it was day two and she said, Adam, what are we going to do? We're going to go over there. We got a name. Some animal. I got, I got, come help me do this. He had a direction that they were going in. He was able to lead her in that way. That's important for every person that you have a sense of by yourself without another person, a sense of you got a relationship with the Lord. Do you hear from God and a sense of what he's called you to do, um, that God's giving you something that you're supposed to do. So if you don't have that and you're out there looking for somebody and you're seeking somebody, um, know that the order's kind of broken. You're seeking the wrong things. You need to be seeking the Lord about what he wants you to do. Another example was Ruth and Boaz. God, Ruth, y'all, I mean, if you guys missed that, we, we went through that a while ago. You can go on the website and look it up. But God hooked Ruth up. And I want you to understand her background. Ruth was a Moabite. Um, if you guys don't know the story, not familiar with it, she had married, you know, Naomi and her husband had went down to Moab when it, when Judah was in a famine. And as they got down there, you know, her sons sickly and Malon and Chiliana was sickly and skinny or something like that. They end up marrying these two Moabite women and the husband died and both the sons died. They end up becoming widowed in Moab. So Naomi finally says, you know what, I'm going back home. I heard the famine is over and I'm going to leave. And she said to her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, so you guys stay here, find husbands. You guys are young, you know, and, and, and Orpah said, OK, peace. And she went on. But, you know, what Ruth said Ruth was a woman of character. She said, no, she said, Naomi said, I'm going your your people going to be my people. Your God, the most important thing, your God is going to be my God. I'm going with you. She understood. I'm leaving Moab. I'm going to Judah as a foreigner. They don't really like us. We're considered, you know, cursed. They, they, I'm not going to be real popular over here, but I'm coming here to serve you. I'm, I'm going to serve you in, 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 in your old age. And she went there and she did that. She went there and she she wasn't there looking for a, a, a man. She was there serving her mother-in-law. She was a young woman. You know, I don't know how she looked, you know, but she was a woman of character. And as she was there and she was out in the fields gleaning to take food home for her and her mother-in-law. That's what she was doing. So she wasn't out there in a hot outfit. She wasn't out there showing her midriff, you know, and everything else. She was out there in labor garments out in the fields, you know, collecting, you know, grain and gleaning wheat to to feed her mother-in-law. And Boaz said, who is that? Who's that girl right there, man? And, and he heard about what she was doing. She did what? She out for her mother-in-law. And, you know, Boaz says, man, that's that's I like that. Right. She hadn't even she hadn't even got done up yet. Right. He didn't even seen her done up. He just saw her character. And he said, because he was a man of character. You know, you know what a man of character would attracts a man of character? Woman of character. That's what attracted him to her. He said, man, look at her out there serving her mother-in-law like that. That's that's a woman of God. And a man of God will attract a woman of God. And a woman of God will attract a man of God. And so sometimes people are so focused on finding somebody that's like them. And God's, if you would just draw near to me, you will attract the right thing. Some of y'all are attracting the wrong thing because y'all are living low. And so if you live low, you attract low. At the club, it's low. If you're looking at the club, you're looking low. That's like that's that's underneath the carpet is where you're searching. And you ain't gonna find it there. As you pursue the Lord. God will hook you up. God loves you. You know, you girls, you guys daughters. He loves you guys. He's not going to bring you a dud. If you let God do the picking, you know, God's going to take care of you. God's going to bring you a man that's going to love you. God can see what you can't see. So if you let him do the picking. If you let God be the one to tell you, you don't go give your heart away. 
That was a that was why I asked my daughter. I said, you know, I, I expect her to be married at some point. I expect I expect it. I'm, I'm not the dad that's like anybody come out, beat him up and kill him. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I said, this is all I'm asking. You know, just don't give your heart away to somebody that I don't approve of. So if you meet somebody and you think they're kind of interesting, let me meet them. Right. I'm not going to be weird. I just want to meet him. I want to get the dude saved. And I'm going to look in his eyes. I'm going to pray to God to give me discernment. And if he ain't right, I'm gonna, and then I might smack him out the way. You know, he go, we want to go. You know, next. <laughs> That's not the one, you know, but because it's really difficult. Once you give your heart away, take it back. So you give your heart to the Lord and let God do the picking. Let God be the one to say, let me, I got this for you. And I, I'm telling you guys, I have seen God do this in people's lives. It's, it is a beautiful thing when people just say, I'm going to wait on God. And then you watch God, what he does for them. I've watched it. I've been a part of it several times. And it's rare, but it's awesome. And so I love you guys. I'm encouraging you guys, you single people. Man, let God hook you up. I have enough faith to believe that your God is a good God, that he's not cruel. You know, some of y'all, if I honor God, I'll be single till I'm 80. You know, (laughs) he's not mean. He loves you. You know, go ahead and make use of the period of singleness and then let God let God do it. Let God bring someone into your life um, of his choosing. And so, yeah, so I'm going to harp that and move on from there. So so Boaz, again, you know, he, he noticed that about her. And, you know, God brought them together. And it was a beautiful marriage. Ruth ends up being in the lineage of Jesus Christ, you know. And you look back and think, man, who who went looking? Nobody. Boaz was serving God. Ruth was serving the Lord. And God said, that's that's I'm, I'm hooking them up. And he just made sure. And Naomi, Naomi noticed, you know, Naomi gave Ruth a little bit of pointers. Once she knew Boaz was interested and he didn't saw her in her scrubs, and her outdoor outfit. You know, Ruth said now when they were going to go meet and she said, now put on your good dress. And put on some of that smell good, you know. So she did eventually get done up, you know. But I just want, you know, that wasn't the initial thing that attracted him. And so he was initially attracted to her godly character. And that's really where we want to start. Because as beautiful as someone can be, as handsome as someone can be, beauty and good looks are, they're only, they're only, they're only lasting so long. You know, it's, it's a character of somebody. If you, you And we all know people that are beautiful people. And... That's something that it grows. You know, a beautiful person is still beautiful at, at 80. You love that person. And a marriage is so much deeper than just physical things. You want to love the person. Uh, you could marry somebody that's, you could marry a guy that everybody think is a, is a most handsome guy or a girl that everybody think and they're just ugly individuals, ugly people on the inside. And that's why Peter told the women in 1 Peter 3, you know, that God, you know, you want to work on developing not just your outward beauty, but that the, the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which he says are precious in the sight of God. And I don't think the same is I think the same is true for men, that we would develop godly character, that that would be the thing that, that God would use to attract people. Amen. And so um, he says here, don't seek, don't be out seeking. And I guess I should say this before we leave that point and we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving with the Lord. The goal is that we would seek him in the world. If you want something, you got to go get it right. That's the mon- the mentality of the world. Uh, people say, you know, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. That's the mentality of the world. You know, that if I want it, I got to go. I got to do it myself. If I want something, I got to go get it. We're go getters and go doers. And in the kingdom of God is different. Right. God says, hey, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things will be added. We think, well, if I need these things, I got to go seek those things. But Matthew 6.33 says, nah, God's, God's economy is different. He says, seek me. 
and I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that stuff. You seek me first in priority and let me hook up all those things over there. That requires faith. First Corinthians touches on how the city of Corinth was rampant with idolatry and immorality, not too different from cities of today. Does this mean that you run away and isolate yourself from the sinful world? No, but Paul's letter did communicate that as a Christian, it's important to live a life that's upright and pure before God, even in the midst of a dark and sinful world. When the pressure is great, your opportunity to contrast the dark with light can be even greater. How does one do this with all the influences pressing in? Keep looking to the Word of God for direction in all things. If you're seeking some assistance with where to read, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the Word on a daily basis. Look on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through 1 Corinthians. Before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. We look forward to joining Pastor Bill again next time right here on A Transforming Word. Transforming Word